Um, we, I had a good week, and I'm just looking forward to what God is going to do in my life and in our lives. In our lives, um, what God is doing. Amen. And so in that vein, uh, this morning, I the title of the message is going to be not by works not by works and um i want us to i don't want you to over focus on that word works okay because i'm gonna really uh, hopefully by the end you'll understand the types of works that we are referring to this morning so our religion right our religion is basically based on faith in Jesus Christ, right? That's what we believe. We believe that um, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. He died for our sins to make us a new creation. He gave us life. He redeemed us. We were spiritually dead and now we are a spiritually alive. He also mended our broken relationship that we had with God. And we are now able to, because of the sacrifice Jesus made, we're able to speak with God on our own on a regular basis, right? Wherever we are, we don't have to go to a church. We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to do rituals before God will hear our prayers. We can just do them anywhere that we are. Okay, so this is the core of our religion. And um, that's why we always say that, we have a love relationship between us and God. It's a love relationship. However, I do see that the enemy challenges that relationship in order to push us out. Not that he can actually do it, but he tries. Okay? And he will try to at least, because he can't necessarily do things to us, but what he can try to do is make us think wrong. He can affect our thinking. And if we can, if he can affect our thinking, then he can affect our believing, right? So, um, so sometimes he'll just like make us think that maybe God is not there for us. Maybe we start believing that God doesn't love us. We have, you know, and everybody has our moments. I don't think anybody's absolutely perfect. But the, the point of today is to encourage us, no matter where we are, and to serve us as a reminder. Okay, I just want to remind ourselves of the relationship that we have with Christ. And to help us to get away from what I call fleshly works. Um, and when he tries to move us from that and help make us feel like we're a helpless or we're a hopeless or that he doesn't love us or somehow we're not able to receive the blessings that God has for us. And in so doing, like I said before, he makes us move into our feelings and he makes us move into fleshly works. 
the old so i'm gonna go to the old testament and then i'm gonna come forward okay this is the verse that came to me as i was preparing it is zechariah 4 6 and that's in the old testament i want us all to realize that in the old testament jesus hasn't come to the earth yet okay and people are living by the law they're living by the ten commandments they're living by uh what is in deuteronomy all the ifs and thens that we have to do, all the rules and regulations that the people of Israel were living by. And so this is Zechariah, this is the Old Testament, and this is what it said. Because there was a task at hand, okay? And uh, they, they didn't know how they were going to do it. And this was God's answer. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord, to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but my but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And I believe in today's day and age that God is still saying that to us today. This truth still holds to us today. So today we're going to discuss the truth that it is not by works that we receive our blessings. It is not by works that we receive salvation. It is not by works that we are healed. It is not by works that we're able to hear God. Every single one of us has the ability to hear God because we are in a love relationship with him. A relationship with God is not by works. This, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that there is nothing that we do that makes God love us, that makes God hear us, that makes God be with us, that makes us, that makes God heal us. There's nothing that we necessarily do that'll help us overcome a situation. We overcome because of Jesus. We overcome because of Jesus. The problem that we have in our society and why sometimes we get out of that thinking is because we are so wired in this world, in this system, to run by a reward system. Okay, you know, growing up if, uh, as a child, you know, I, I, we do it with our children sometimes. If you behave, daddy's going to take you to the park or mommy's going to buy you a, a ice cream. Just be still. Be does, don't cause me trouble and I'm going to get you something or I'm going to take you somewhere, right? We go to work to get a paycheck. We do work, physical labor for a paycheck so we can use that paycheck to buy things we need and what we want. So you see the whole world is run on that. And so sometimes it's something, it's, it's how we view things on a consistent basis. But when it comes to our relationship with God, it runs very differently. The world runs on the system of do something to get something. God runs on love. And we have to remind ourselves, no matter where we might find ourselves this morning, whatever struggle the struggle is this morning, God loves us. So how do we get to that point where we're overcoming. So I'm going to touch three crucial points this morning about our faith. So the first one is going to be that we are justified by Jesus. 
The second one is we are righteous because of Jesus. And the third one is going to be it is by grace. So let's go to the core of our scripture for this morning. And it's going to be from Romans. And there's a reason why I picked this particular scripture. Um, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. We're going to be in there for most of this in, in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And it says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Amen. Why did I pick this scripture? Because I wanted us to touch on Abraham a little bit. So we're going to go back a little bit. And um, so my first point, remember, is we are justified by Jesus. We are justified by Jesus. So what's the importance of Abraham in this scripture? The importance of Abraham is that he is known as the father of faith. Um, if we read in Genesis, in Genesis 17, um, I'm just gonna try for, for time's sake because I don't want it to be too lengthy. Okay, so th this is verses this is taken from verses 1 through 8 in Genesis 17. And this is um, God speaking to Abraham. Okay. It starts, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God picked, so this is in Genesis. Jesus hasn't come in that picture. Remember, that's Old Testament. And Abraham here is spoken of in the New Testament as justified. But he was justified not by what he did. Because it, we read in Genesis that Abraham didn't even know God. Abraham did not know who God was. This was the first establishment of a relationship, of making a covenant. 
So we, we see it here, the beginning of that relationship. And from Abraham is where we have the people of Israel. Okay, and this is the beginning of that. God chose Abraham to make a covenant, but he, made, he chose Abraham not because he was righteous, and, and that's something that we have to take note of here. It says in Romans, it says, What then shall we say? Abraham, our father, has found a coin to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So it was because he believed what God was saying to him in Genesis. What took place in Genesis Abraham believed what God was saying and decided at that point to follow God and to make a covenant with him and agree with God. Amen. So that's the important highlight. Um, and and I, before I get to that point, this is where um Jesus Christ, that, that bigger plan of God for salvation begins. It begins this way. And Jesus Christ comes from this plan. Okay? It starts out from here. It is part of God's plan to bring salvation to the world. But the important highlight I want us to take away is that God made a covenant with Abraham while he was still considered unworthy. Abraham's faith enabled him to recognize God and believe what God was saying. So our question to us as a self-reflective is, what has our faith done for us? What is, are we believing God? Do we believe God or are we leaving God out? Because if we believe God, then we can hear God and we have a relationship with God. If Abraham, not knowing God, was able to believe in God, making him righteous, what should we say of ourselves that believe in the work of the cross of Calvary by Jesus? Amen. So now let's bring it to us, right? So we have this covenant today with Jesus Christ. Because we believe in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And so because of that belief, we are justified. Amen. Because of that blood, therefore we receive the same benefits and blessings and eternal life. Because we believe in Jesus Christ. So we are justified by the sacrifice of Jesus and our soul no longer is condemned. Amen. So the um, question that we, we have this morning that sometimes can come up says, so if we're justified by Jesus and we're made clean and we're made whole, why do I still sin? We may still sin, but we are no longer considered sinners. Amen. We are no longer considered sinners. So for that, 
we're going to go to my next point on that note. And we're going to go to the next point this morning. Number two is by the righteousness of God. By the righteousness of God. Verse three of uh, chapter four in Romans reads, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. As believers, we are able to, by faith, because we believe in the work of the blood of Jesus Christ, that it makes us righteous. This means that as believers, we are made right, not because we do right all the time, but because Jesus did the work for us. Now, does that mean we now don't do right? We don't have to try to do right? No. But it empowers us to do right because we are right on the inside of us. Our covenant or our pact is no longer with the world because that was broken. It is now with God and with Jesus. We decided to leave all those things behind to make a new covenant with Jesus Christ. And so that new covenant makes us right. And because we are right on the inside in our soul, that empowers us through Jesus to do right. Amen. We don't make pacts with anyone or anything else. We live because of the pact we have with God. Our, our spirit is alive because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Okay. Um, the covenant with God that we have allows us to know right and to do the right thing. We are no longer succumb or subject to the world because that pact was broken. So anything that we had before we came to Jesus is broken. And now the work that we now do instead is the work of changing our minds. Amen? Because we are already right on the inside. So our task now is to do right, is, is because it is the, the work of our minds. I'm sorry, is the work of our minds. Amen. And so now we are free. And we are free to, to choose. We are free to follow Christ. We are free to do what's right. We're no longer, you know, if, if we're dealing with a bad habit, that habit can be broken because we have that pact with Jesus Christ saying that we are right on the inside. And it's not going to be automatic because it's a process because we have to now change our mind because our mind is wired a certain way. But the truth of the matter is that we are right on the inside. Amen. 
And sometimes the enemy will try to make you feel like you're not right because you made a mistake, because you uh, slipped up again. Yet again, your mouth got you into trouble. But God says you are righteous on the inside. So what do you do? You get up again and you try again and ask God for wisdom to do right. You see the difference? Sometimes as Christians, what we do is we try to do right, but we don't know we're right on the inside. We try to do it backwards. We try to do right on the outside so that it'll make us right on the inside. And so that makes us go into fleshly works. We're now working to make God, to make us righteous when it doesn't work that way. You know, if I dress right and if I play a certain part, that'll make me righteous. It's not going to make you righteous. Righteousness starts on the inside. It starts with God doing the work on the inside of you and saying, I believe that I am righteous. And because I believe that I am righteous, I now have the power to overcome. Do we see the difference? I now have the authority to do right because God has done right for me on the inside because I believe in the power that of Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of the blood of God that was shed on the cross of Calvary. And so because of that, we now can hear God better and we start to follow God. And we're able to follow him to do what he asks us to do. Amen. We now have the empowerment to, you know, this morning for Sunday school, we talked about preaching about our testimony. Some of us sometimes feel shy or incapable. But that is part of what we do. That if God has done something for us, it is to preach that testimony to others. And when we do that, when we do it afraid or we do it scared, God will empower you in that moment to press on. Amen? And then that's how it works. When we follow God, when we do what the scripture says to do, God will give us the empowerment and the grace to do it when we act on what we believe. Amen. Romans 10. Romans 10, 5 through 11. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith we, which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So believing in God will never disappoint us 
or leave us shameful. It will always lift us up. It will always give us life and it'll always push us forward. Following the law causes death because what the law was meant to do was to let us know that we are sinners. That's what the law was meant to do. The law came, the Ten Commandments came to let us know that we are doing wrong. But now we need someone some, to come in and tell us that we are sanctified from it. And that is where Jesus comes in. And therefore making the law complete. And so they're empowering us to do what is right. So that means that the covenant with Christ that we have says, I believe that I am righteous, I am saved, and I am alive. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So through our belief in our heart, we are made righteous. And with our mouth, we confess that we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So we see a mouth and a heart connection here, right? With our lips, we confess Jesus. And with our hearts, we believe in Jesus to make us righteous. Amen. Our work is not to become righteous because we are already righteous. Our work is to change our thinking because we now believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. So now that brings me to my last point this morning. And that is grace works for us. Grace works for us. What is grace? Grace, in essence, you know, they say it's the un undeserved favor upon the unworthy. That's what they say grace is. Grace is the undeserved favor upon the unworthy. When it comes to our faith, I'm going to say that grace is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. That is grace. That whole work is the grace of God. Because he died for us while we were still sinners. We didn't deserve that. We didn't deserve for him to die, but he did it anyway. And so now we are made righteous, we are justified, we are saved, we are made clean, we are holy. That is grace. Acts 20, 24, the Apostle Paul said this about the grace of God. Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul was saying here, he doesn't count himself worthy of anything necessarily, but what all that he wants to do is to finish what God, what God told him to do and the ministry which God called him to do, and that is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And what is that gospel of the grace of God? Jesus. 
what Jesus did. So what does grace do? Grace works on our behalf. Romans 4.4 Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. If we think that we must do the work in order for God's grace to work or to be righteous, then that work actually becomes a debt to us. How does it become a debt to us? It becomes a debt because it will leave us drained and empty because we're constantly focused on the outside without having the right belief. So we end up in deficit. Okay, we end up in deficit. If, if it was an accounting book, we wouldn't come up even. We'd actually come out in debt. Um, and it and it also leads to self-righteousness, right? So if we try to work for ourselves, it's draining. It becomes, I don't know if any of you have ever tried to do, just do right without believing that God, you're doing right because of God, you know, without having that empowerment, you feel like you're always doing, 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 and it kind of leaves you empty because maybe you're doing things that you're not even supposed to be doing. Amen. In chapter 11, it says is this way, Romans eleven six, And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But, it, but if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. What a tongue twister. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. What is it saying? If it's done by grace, then, it is, then it's by grace. If you're doing it by yourself, then you're doing it on your own. And they're not the same. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who has saved us and called us? with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. We did not call ourselves. We didn't save ourselves. So what makes us think that we can make ourselves holy? God is the one that has called us. God's power saves us. So he is the one that makes us holy. And make, Amen? It is his grace that does it. It is his work that does it. So I'm coming to the last part of this. So what is our job and what part do we play? What is our part and what do we have to play? So how do we get how do we get all this, right? We have to receive the grace. We just receive. That is our job. Our job is to receive. We believe that we are holy and righteous because we receive it 
from Jesus. We receive it from his blood. Because we know that we are the righteousness of God and we are holy, then our attitudes change. Right thinking means right believing, which leads to right doing. That's how it works. Right thinking, right believing, right doing. We do as we believe of ourselves. If we believe that we're junk, then we're going to do junk. We're going to not do good things. But if we believe that we are righteous and we are able to overcome because Jesus overcame death on the cross of Calvary, if we believe that, then we can overcome. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. The scripture lets us know that we are able to accomplish every good work because of the grace of God that is able to anoint us. Grace empowers us. Therefore, grace is in us and works for us to empower us to do what God calls each of us to do every day. We are able to do every day because of the empowerment of God. And if we can plug into that power and believe right, believe that we are righteous, believe that we have strength, that comes from God. We have joy because of God. We have a salvation because of God. We have healing because of God. That will give us strength to keep on moving forward. Amen. So I'm going to close up here. We can overcome any obstacle, any situation we may find ourselves in. Whether we cause the situation or it's just life happening, we can say and believe that we are the righteousness of God, that God's grace is working in us to empower us. So my prayer for us this morning is that we receive God's empowerment this morning. We receive God's strength this morning. We receive God's goodness for ourselves this morning. No matter what the enemy might be saying to you this morning, that you're not capable, you can't do it, you'll never get it right, you, you, you'll, never, you'll never be able to get that far. Whatever it is, God says something different. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses and empowers Everybody and that believes in his power, that believes in him. Amen. Our task is simply to believe and receive. Amen. And then the rest comes following. Let's pray this morning. And and as a reminder, you know. Having communion reminds our souls of what Jesus Christ did. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves 
of the power that we have available to us by taking communion. And we can take communion on our own at home. We don't have to wait for the first Sunday of every month to do it together. You can do it yourselves if you feel like you have something that you need to overcome, be it in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, whatever it is, and take communion over it. Amen. And remind yourself where the power comes from. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise, Lord God, for your power, Lord God, for your sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, that because of your sacrifice, Lord God, we are justified, Lord. Because of your sacrifice, Lord God, we are empowered, O oh Lord God. We are we we are justified, Lord God, by grace, Lord God. We are we are justified and we have grace, Lord God, to overcome. The grace works for us, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for everything that you're doing in our midst, O oh Lord. And I pray, Lord God, strength for each and every single person that's going through any situation this morning, Lord God, that you minister to them, Lord God, your blood, that you minister to them, Lord God, about your grace, that you administer to them, Lord God, that they are the righteousness of God, O oh Lord, that they have been made holy, Lord God, because of your redeeming blood, O oh Lord, and receive it this morning for ourselves, Lord God. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord God, for everything that you're doing in our midst, Lord God, as we remind ourselves, Lord, of the power, Lord God, in your blood. We thank you and we praise you, O Lord, for everything that you're doing. May we receive that strength this morning. May we receive that wisdom and that revelation this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Over to you, Pastor Steve. Recording stopped. Amen. Good message.